Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., we dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Let's talk a little 2024 primary to start to chirp a little more at each other. That'll be fun. Marjorie Taylor Greene is here. DOJ on the hot seat today. All that's coming up on I'm Right. I'm so excited. Are you excited? I'm talking about for the 2024 GOP presidential primary. I feel like I feel like not enough of you were excited. You should be excited like I'm excited. So let's explain why you should be excited. Because here's what I hear a lot from the right. This is what I hear mostly from the right. I don't want Trump to get in. I don't want DeSantis to get in. I don't want him to fight. This this only holds Democrats too much infight against it. No, 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 no. Stop with that nonsense. These people have to go earn your vote. All of them. Trump, DeSantis, Nikki Haley, Mike Pence, all of them. Make these people earn your vote. You talk a lot. I talk a lot. We talk a lot about how we don't like this and we want this changed and we wish this was different and we wish these guys would act this way and I wish the GOP would stand up this way. I talk this way, you talk this way. But 
How do we get that change? What power do you actually have? What power do I actually have? You have one thing. That's all you have. One thing. Your vote. My vote is not given to anybody yet. It's all I have. It's the only power I have is that one vote I get. It's your only power you have. And when we're dealing with things like the United States of America and the future of this nation, I intend to use my power. I intend to hold on to it until I'm sure and then use it. And don't be naive. DeSantis is running. I hear this from a lot of people. I don't even think he's getting in. If you watch I'm Right, if you've been watching I'm Right for gosh, was it a year ago I told you he's running? How do I know that? He's already setting up a campaign staff. It's obvious to anybody with eyes he's running. Now, he's doing the smart thing right now. He's running without running. I know this frustrates Team Trump, and I get it. I'd be frustrated too. DeSantis is very clearly running. He's on the book tour. He's on Fox News. He's even out there now mentioning Trump. It's silly season. I mean, you know how how some of this stuff goes, and obviously he he does his thing, and it's just that's kind of kind of kind of who he is. He can say you know what he wants about me. I'll always give him credit for the things that he did uh, that were positive, and I'm and I'm appreciative of a lot of, of the things uh, that he did. Doesn't mean I you know agree with with everything um, that he's doing lately or whatever, uh, but ultimately it's about delivering for the people you represent and delivering for the country. So I wasn't really into kind of trying to you know, throw pot shots at anybody. Ooh. So what stage are we in now? Here, here's the stage we're in. And if you've been watching politics for any length of time, you will see this. If you're not too emotionally invested in this candidate or that candidate, you'll see this as well. At first, before anyone was really in, they were all lovey-dovey, right? Trump, DeSantis, endorsing each other, supporting each other. Hey, here's a photo op here. And then they start to get the inkling that we might have to fight. So they start creating distance. Then, what do you see? We've already seen this phase, the surrogate attacks. Not Trump himself, but one of Trump's people or one of DeSantis's people will deal with the news or go online and take a little vague pot shot at the other guy. Then, as they continue circling each other, they start to chirp at each other. Trump, of course, kicked this off first didn't do himself any favors calling him Ron de Sanctimonious two days before the midterm election. Probably fired a little early there, lost himself some support, but eventually DeSantis was always going to start chirping back. That's just kind of how these things go. So where are we in this race? What's going on? What's the status of the race? Well, right now, if the race was held today, the primary I'm talking about, Donald Trump would win. He's the most popular Republican in America still. That's just the way it goes. DeSantis is a real contender, though. The race isn't held today. The race is next year. DeSantis can easily win this race. Trump can easily win this race. It's anybody's game. I, because I'm not on anyone's team, I don't have anyone's bumper sticker, I, I don't wear anyone's T-shirt, I'm just going to give you the race as I see it. It'll make you mad if you're emotionally invested in one or the other, but I don't care. still going to give it to you as I see it. So how are the attacks going? Well, here's the DeSantis plan for now, as I see it. He's going to stay governor as long as he can possibly stay governor while kind of running. What's that allow him to do? It allows him to just do things that are clearly campaign things, 
while at the same time saying, hey, I'm not campaigning, I'm just trying to govern. Pretty brilliant. It, it's smart. It's smart politics. It works. Now, that can't last forever. Eventually, he has to officially declare because there are things you can only do, like major fundraising things, once you're officially a candidate. But for as long as he can, he will stay out and do the I'm just a governor routine. It will drive Team Trump crazy, which is why Team Trump is busy taking as many vicious shots as they can at him. Trump can't go a day without bringing him up, called him... Uh, establishment, comparing him to Jeb Bush, and he's even been calling him Lockdown Ron and Ron DeSanctimonious and all these other things. Now, let's, let's talk about that and those attacks. Team Trump is doing something, I think, very, very smart and something that is, no question, very, very stupid. And if you're on Team Trump, this will hurt to hear. First of all, let's deal with the smart thing. Trump attacking DeSantis as establishment or a rhino. Those attacks have some teeth. Those attacks are landing. Why? I didn't say they were valid, did I? I said they're landing. Why are they landing with people? They're landing with people because DeSantis and Jeb Bush clearly are close. Because Paul Ryan hates Donald Trump. And Jeb Bush and Paul Ryan have such huge egos such elevated opinions of themselves, they can't possibly consider a world where whatever they say, the GOP base wants the opposite. If you're Paul Ryan and you want to defeat Trump and you want Ron DeSantis to be the nominee, the best thing you can do is shut your freaking mouth and disappear. Instead, he can't stay off the news. Jeb Bush is the same thing. Jeb Bush is a pariah for the GOP base. So if he really wants DeSantis to win and that's his guy and he doesn't like Donald Trump, the best thing he can do is shut his freaking mouth and go away. Instead, he can't stay off the news. He's on Fox News every day. I don't like Trump. I like DeSantis. Making those Trump establishment accusations look kind of real. Look, as someone who hasn't decided who I'm voting for yet, I'll tell you. It hits me. I think about it. Is he established? I'm not saying he is, but it's raising the questions in me. Very, very smart strategy from Team Trump. If they're smart, they will keep that up. Now, Trump is not doing everything right. Trump doesn't know what time it is, and somebody on his team needs to shake him awake. You see, in 2016, we all laughed and cheered and enjoyed it while Trump was calling everyone nicknames and things like that. Lion Ted and all the... Look, it was fun. I was even on Team Cruz back then. I liked Ted Cruz. I liked Ted Cruz. But even then, I thought, okay, that's funny and it's effective. It's not 2016 anymore. The population, especially the right, we're much more afraid. We know how dangerous this government is. This is a much more, much more serious time than 2016 was. Times change. So Trump hasn't changed. He's still throwing all these sanctimonious things out there, which again, they don't bother me, but they don't land. It makes Trump look clownish and unserious. And when he says things like lock down Ron, because DeSantis did lock down his state for a month, but when he, Trump, who was the author of 15 Days to Slow the Spread, he handed the country to Dr. Fauci, when Trump calls anyone else lockdown wrong when he accuses anyone else of being pro-lockdown, I'll be honest, again, as an undecided voter, that is the thing that will cause me not to vote for Donald Trump if it continues. Because Ron DeSantis, having locked down his state, owned it. After a month, he owned it. 
apologized, said it would never happen again. I view COVID lockdowns as maybe the worst thing that's ever happened to the United States of America. I'm not exaggerating that. One guy has owned it. The other guy has not only not owned it, he's been out there recently, recently bragging about it, bragging about everything he did. Every time Trump calls DeSantis establishment, it makes me think maybe I won't vote for DeSantis. Every time he calls him lockdown Ron, it makes me think I will never vote for Donald Trump. I need an accounting. The land of the free was turned into a tyranny because of a virus. Not only should that not have happened, it's not even legal what this country did. It's not even legal what this country did. Crimes were committed against you, you realize that, by your government, federal, state, local. The United States of America, nobody in this country has the right to point to you and say, close your business, lose your livelihood. They don't have the right, that's illegal, but they did it anyway. And so that accusation isn't landing. Not for me, not for anybody. And that is the state of the 2024 race. We will see how it goes. DeSantis has to get in eventually. Team Trump's gonna have to figure out what's working, what's not working, and it'll be spicy and fun. The debates are gonna be a blast. We'll cover it all right here on the first. Now, we're gonna talk to Marjorie Taylor Greene about quite a few things, and we're gonna talk to her next. All that may have made you uncomfortable, but I am right. Oh, gonna have to buck up when it comes to 2024, because it is gonna be spicy. And if you're on one of the teams, and most people are, you're probably on Team DeSantis or Team Trump now. That's just the way it goes. People choose their candidate. And I'm not faulting you for it, that's the way it goes. You better get ready. It's gonna get muddy, and it's gonna get bloody. Have you been taking your male vitality stack from Chuck, fellas? Ladies, have you been taking your female vitality stack? No more big pharma nonsense. No more Operation Warp Speed. No more Pfizer. Natural herbal supplements. Natural. The medical facilities in this country, the medical industry in this country, I don't know about you, they revealed a lot to me over the last few years and none of it was good. I have rededicated myself to doing natural things to make sure I'm healthy. Part of that for me is daily I take a male vitality stack from Chalk. 35% off with the promo code JESSE right now. Get yourself strong, get yourself energized, and get yourself ready. Chalk.com, C-H-O-Q.com, promo code JESSE, all right? We'll be back. I will say you are quite right. There are many more prosecutions with respect uh, to the um, um, blocking of the uh, um, of the abortion centers, but that is generally because they are those actions are taken in, uh, with photography at the time um, uh, during the daylight, and uh, seeing the person who did it is uh, quite easy. Um, the, those who are attacking the pregnancy resources centers. Uh, which is a, a horrid thing to do, are doing this at night um, in the dark. We are so screwed. <laughs> well, we can't catch the people. They're doing it at night. Joining me now, somebody who continues to impress, Congresswoman Marjorie Taylor Greene of the wonderful state of Georgia out there. I don't know why all the balls in the GOP are women now, but apparently that's, what this, that's what's happened to this country. Congresswoman, uh, the FBI can't solve crimes in the dark anymore? Is that where we're at? Yeah, that's pretty impressive. I was actually thinking about Kyle Rittenhouse and his trial and how they were able to have imaging and video evidence 
Um, and it was dark, you know, this is what, this is, uh, but this is what we came to. It was dark. Uh, they were burning cities in 2020 uh, when Kyle Rittenhouse defended himself, but yet they were able to pull imaging um, from planes that were being flown overhead by the FBI uh, for his trial. But yet here we have Merrick Garland claiming that, oh, you know, these bombings and attacks on pregnancy resource centers, well, we just can't find the bad guys because it's dark at night. Um, so really, what can they do? Oh, gee, yeah. What what are you doing here? All right, I, let's talk about the FBI for a moment. So we're going to get to you being attacked in just a moment. But the FBI, okay, so today is the, the kickoff of what is going to be some GOP, hopefully accountability for the DOJ, FBI being completely out of control and partisan. But you know how this goes. I know how this is going to go. You're, you're going to ask them questions. They're going to say, I can't comment on, on an ongoing investigation. And then we're right back to where we started. What is the GOP been, what are they going to do after that? Because I can't believe I'm saying this. I've been impressed with Kevin McCarthy so far. Is there a plan for what comes after? Well, Jesse, we hold the power of the purse. And I have been a very loud messenger uh, when it comes to these departments like the FBI, uh, Department of Justice, and, and many others. I believe that's where we should hold them accountable. If they aren't willing to do the job that they're supposed to be doing in a, in a nonpartisan manner, well, then we should use uh, our pencil and go line item by line item and use the Holman rule to reduce salaries down to zero and reduce their apartment departments and get rid of the problem people like the seventh floor, because that's really where all the problems are. Um, and then with Merrick Garland, I've been saying over and over to impeach Merrick Garland because he is nothing but a Biden puppet and he has weaponized the Department of Justice against conservatives and Republicans. And it's time for our conference to take bold action. Um, you know, and I think Kevin McCarthy, he's doing it. He has done a very good job so far. And I hope that he can show America that he is the speaker um, that's needed at this time. And it's a tough, it's a tough time and it's a difficult job, but the Republican party is in a new place, Jesse, and it's one that has to look at the writing on the wall and we can't ignore it anymore um, because we're in real big trouble. Well, we are. And look, I don't have to tell you, you've been ex experiencing this since you got elected. You were recently attacked. What happened to you? Well, you know, never forget that it was Hillary Clinton that declared us all deplorables as if we were some second-class citizens. And it was Maxine Waters that gave the dog whistle that wherever you see them, you make a crowd and you go after them. And that's exactly what they have done ever since then. And so uh, when someone like me is in public and restaurants, airports, um, many public places, and there's these nasty, nasty people. They're usually typically women about my age or a little older. You know, the ones that watch The View every single day. <laughs> um, and, and their children who, well, God help them. We don't know what's going to happen to them. But I was in a restaurant and this, this woman and her adult son uh, finished their dinner and decided on the way out they were going to ruin it for everyone else. Um, and started calling me terrible names and screaming uh, at the top of their lungs, F you, Marjorie. Well, you know, it's so disrespectful, um, not only to me, um, but also to the restaurant, their staff and, uh, and other patrons. 
that are there having just having dinner. Uh, but this is who the left is, Jesse, and you're one of the few people that see it the way I see it. We recognize that they are never going to stop. As a matter of fact, it's going to get worse. And, and we're sick of it, we're fed up. Um, you've seen me over the past week or so calling for a national divorce because I really believe that, you know, if we have, if we have states, red states and blue states, well, you know what? They can abolish their police. They can transition their children, no matter how much I disagree with it. Um, and they can have their wide open borders and we can secure our borders. We can protect our children and we can support our police officers. And we can, we can be left alone because we're fed up with these people. We're sick and tired of them. And our federal government is destroying every single ounce of freedom that we have and making everything worse. Uh, so that's why I've been saying these things. And then, you know, I go to a restaurant and get screamed at by demon-possessed, insane, um, out-of-control people. And it's just another reminder um, of watching videos where pe just regular people were being attacked because they wore a MAGA hat in public and it's too much it's we've got to do something about it i loved that you were talking about national divorce whether people support it or don't support it i think it's an important conversation to have people who don't support it can get mad as mad as they want but it's not a conversation that's going to go away because as you just pointed out so eloquently we are already two different nations here's a little bit of the response to you coming out and saying something Congresswoman Marjorie Taylor Greene. This week, she repeatedly called for a national divorce. There is no national divorce on the horizon right now. The last time Southerners like Marge proposed a national divorce, it was because they were holding four million African Americans hostage as slaves, and they didn't want to let them go. Wow. <laughs> okay, what I don't understand, Congresswoman, is why don't they want to divorce us? As you pointed out, sad as it may be, they hate us. Okay, the feeling is mutual, at least on my end. I'm not telling everybody to feel that way. I hate you, you hate me. Why are we living together? Why are we still married? Why don't we, why don't we go our separate ways? Well, you know, certainly we've been trying to kick them out of the bedroom and make them sleep on the sofa for some time now, Jesse, but they just don't seem to get the message. Uh, those same people that are criticizing me for saying, hey, I need my own safe space, from all of you people are the same people that are shoving their policies and they're discussing woke ideologies down our throats. Those are the same people that are perfectly fine with adult men dressed in drag that, that, that are gyrating in front of children at school and in, in, um, you know, in parades and town squares. Those same people want to control us. They want to vaccinate us. They want to mask us. They would love to keep lockdowns going. They would, they would love to force uh, their insane gender um, insanity on, on our children and on, and on all of us. And they won't leave us alone. They will not leave us alone because they don't respect us, Jesse. They don't respect us. They don't recognize that we're equal to them even though they preach equality all day long, every single day to the point where it's not equal anymore. And they don't want us to have our own states. They don't want us to have Republican red states that have power and they don't want a reduced federal government because they're the party that have learned to weaponize the government against conservatives all over America. Congresswoman, keep up the good fight. I know you will, I appreciate you. Hey, thank you so much, Jesse. 40% off. 40% off? Look, you already know about GRIP6. I tell you every single day. 
I'm currently wearing, I don't think I can lift my leg up high enough. I probably shouldn't show you my feet on TV anyway, but I'm currently wearing the Grip 6 socks. You know that center of your foot, like the arch and the middle of it? It's like they just hold it. It's wonderful. Well, anyway, factory seconds are 40% off right now. The wallets, the belts, the socks. Now is the time, 40% off. Grip6.com slash Jesse. Go get you the best stuff, American-made stuff out there from a company that actually shares our values. Grip6.com slash Jesse. I should let you know because they're factory seconds. They go real fast when they get 40% off. Grip6.com slash Jesse. We'll be back. I've called Brandon Johnson and Paul Vallis uh, to congratulate them on their victories in advancing uh, to the runoffs. We were fierce competitors in these last few months, um, but I will be rooting and praying for our next mayor to deliver uh, for the people of the city for years to come. Aw, Lori Lightfoot isn't going to be mayor of Chicago anymore. That's too bad, isn't it? I love when these people get fired. It brings me such joy. Joining me now, my friend Catalina Lauf ran for Congress. She's now the founder of the Defense of Freedom PAC. All right, Catalina, I live in Houston. Well, the burbs. You're up there in the belly of the beast. Why isn't Lori Lightfoot going to be mayor anymore? You know why? Because one of the few things that unites all of Chicago is the fact that we love our Portillo's Italian beef, that's the, the best one here in the city, mm -hmm. and our mutual mm -hmm. disdain for Lori Lightfoot. You could ask anybody, even if they weren't even into politics, of what they thought of Lori Lightfoot, and they would say she's an absolute disgrace. And it's very sad to see that the city that was so magnificent for so long, you know, over the last four years has seen such a destruction because of her lack of leadership, her empty promises, her corruption, and uh, most notably her horrible TikTok videos uh, that we will all not miss. Uh, but yes. crime has gone up, businesses has sh have shut down, corporations have left in droves. The city is in complete uh, destruction because of Lori Lightfoot and her cronies. And it's time that we have new leadership in to really rebuild and it's going to take a long time and it shows you that elections really have consequences because of the amount of destruction that she was able to um her lack of leadership rather because of the crime rates again police retirements up over 200 percent uh because of all of that it's going to take a long time to rebuild and i'm really i'm hopeful that uh, a new leader new mayor can do that Catalina, what did she do to drive this crime through the roof? Because I adore Chicago, as you know. I just, I love that place, but I haven't been in 10 years, and it's just a war zone now. Now, it's always going to have crime. It's freaking Chicago. It's had crime for a long time, but it is crazy how bad it got and how bad it got so fast. What did she do? Yeah, so primarily the crime rates were always concentrated in the south and west side. That's been a, a long uh, a long time thing, unfortunately, the lack of economic opportunity in those areas. But in the city, especially in the tourism parts or even in where all the Fortune 500 companies are, it was always beautiful. Magnificent Mile, you had a lot of, uh, a lot of commerce, a lot of busy streets all the time, healthy economy in general. And what happened was, she overused her powers during 
the pandemic. So shut down everything, parks, uh, you know, kids couldn't go on swings. The draconian and tyrannical way that she approached uh, the pandemic was really the start of everything. And then, you know, you had restaurants shutting down, businesses shutting down, people weren't going into work. And then you add in uh, the BLM riots where completely she supported uh, the people who were causing the mischief and the crime in an already decimated city because of the pandemic. Now you go in and you have uh, people who are looting and rioting and destroying the very businesses and the restaurants and the areas that have that were basically kicked while they're down and they were never able to recover from that. Lori Lightfoot was supporting defund the police. She's part of the progressive movement that just ultimately uh, just was not supporting law enforcement. So then you have a high rate of crime happening in even the most beautiful parts of the city. Okay, Catalina, who are these two guys? Uh, Paul Vallis and Brandon Johnson. No one across the country even knows who these people are. I, I have a very hard time believing these are hardcore righties, but are they sane Democrats? Yeah, well, one of them certainly is not. Uh, Johnson is a very proud uh, Marxist union organizer backed by the heavy progressive movement. Uh, he it, has prided himself of, again, defunding the police. Uh, he's exactly the opposite of what we want during this time or what we want in general in a politician. And then you have Vallis who uh, campaigned on supporting law enforcement. He seems to be a relatively uh, sane, uh, conservative principally, uh, but ran as a Democrat. And ultimately, I do have hope that he's able to, he will be able to change things. But look, we're from Illinois. Uh, vote early, vote often, and the Windy City are yeah. our two favorite. Uh, sayings. So we have a healthy skepticism of everybody, every politician, especially in the city of Chicago. But I do have hope that he can turn things around. And I first and foremost hope that he supports our law enforcement. You know, our retirements are down significantly. Nobody wants to join the police force at all. The academies have some of the lowest uh, graduation rates. Uh, and then you're seeing high crime rates. Again, people are just trying to get out of the city. So I hope he can turn things around for the sake of what could happen in generations to come. It needs to rebuild and it needs to rebuild fast. Catalina, are you doing anything special today for the beginning of Women's History Month? <laughs> Absolutely. Celebrating that I'm, that I'm proudly a female. How about that? Well, at least there's one or two of you less in, left in the country. Thank you so much. I appreciate you. Thank you. All right, Libby Emmons, L Inez Stepman. We're going to ask them about Women's History Month, and we're going to ask them about much more than that next. It's going to be a really fun panel. Before we ask them about that, let's do make sure we are always making preparations for whatever's coming. All right, what does that what does that mean? We need to be healthier. I do. I, I'm not pointing fingers. We need to be healthier. Eat better. Work out more. We need to buy ammunition, practice with our weapons. Do you have some food in your home? Have you protected your finances at all? The, the, look, every sign is there. What's happening, what's coming economically is going to be ugly. How ugly? I think it's going to be really ugly, but no matter what, it's going to be ugly. I'm, I'm talking feminist ugly. Have you protected your IRA or 401k with some gold yet? Oxford Gold Group, I can't explain to you how easy they make this process. It's easy, it's laid back. They'll weave some gold and silver 
into your IRA and 401k, making sure that no matter what happens, no matter what this market does, you're not going to be left with nothing. Go, make one phone call, 833-995-GOLD, all right? 833-995-GOLD. Call them today. I'm grateful that we work together to remove a record number of guns off our streets, reduced homicides, and started making real progress on public safety. Yeah, bang up job. Joining me now, it has Stepman, host of the High Noon podcast in Libby Emmons, editor-in-chief of the wonderful Post Millennial. And as I got to be honest with you, I know I'm a little jaded and a bad person and I'm cynical, but... I know Chicago went to the polls and bounced Lori Lightfoot for crime reasons. I, I, I get it, and that sucks because Chicago's wonderful, but these people are just going to go vote another communist in. It's not like there are going to be any changes to Chicago. Well, um, the, the winner of these that, that's going to the runoff, so we're not clear on the ultimate winner, but the, the leading uh, candidate in the polls ran on a tough-on-crime message. Now, obviously... He is a Democrat, so take it with all requisite grains of salt. Eric Adams did the same thing in New York City and hasn't really been able to, uh, you know, sort of not listen to his progressive left flank. Uh, and he hasn't, for example, uh, come out publicly and really lambasted the uh, DA, the uh, sort of soft on crime DA in Manhattan. So there are limits to what Democrats can do. But I, I do think there is a tradition, like a, a machine Democrat tradition. Um, that includes things like paving the roads and being tough on crime in cities. And I think you are seeing an increasing number of these kind of urban Democrats running on that simply because, um, you know, people people gave them a shellacking. Even in New York, right, uh, Republican Lee Zeldin doubled his votes in New York City, probably almost exclusively on the issue of crime. He almost took a run at the governorship. There was a 20-point swing towards Republicans during the midterms in New York generally. That's, I mean, that's better than anywhere that um, except Florida in terms of the, the margin of change. Obviously, Florida is a much more conservative state uh, than, than New York. But I, I do think this issue of crime, it does touch people's lives and it does move voters, even Democratic voters, against this soft on crime message. Libby, to the point, the very good point that Inez just made, uh, mayors like Eric Adams or the next Democrat mayor of Chicago, they can run on tough on crime all day long, but the truth is the party is not governed by those people. The party is not controlled by those people. The party is controlled by jailbreak communists now who want violent criminals on the streets. So I don't care if they, Chicago elected me as the next mayor. I'd probably still be soft on crime because I have to be, correct? Yeah, I think it's a pretty, uh, I think it's a pretty damning position. And after having spoken to different city councilmen in New York, I know that there are a lot of progressive leaders of cities who do not feel that their constituents value a quality of life. And that's something that these leaders really forget about is that it matters if you're uh, able to walk to the corner store without being robbed. It matters if you can send your kids off to go play with their friends without worrying that something's going to happen to them on the way to the park or at the park. It matters if you can take the subway without you know, worrying you're going to get pushed into the tracks. And these leaders are not at all concerned with that. Instead, they're so hopped up on this idea that you know, basic 
people have to sacrifice their safety in order to appease criminal elements in the society. Um, and I think in a lot of ways, they really believe that they are being compassionate, but they're not being compassionate to the citizens of their cities. And that's really a shame. You're so much, you're so much nicer than I am, Libby. I just think they're a bunch of monsters who want to burn society down, and that's why they turn these people loose. But hopefully you're right and I'm wrong. All right, Eric Adams said something that i shocked I kind of agree with. Here he was. Don't tell me about no separation of church and state. State is the body, church is the heart. You take the heart out of the body, the body dies. I can't separate my belief because I'm a elected official. If we are bringing our best fight in the ring, we would not have homeless in this city. We would not have a crisis of domestic violence. We would not have children because when we took prayers out of schools, guns came into schools. Inez, I have these moments where I kind of like this guy. Eric Adams is really the king of saying things that sound good to conservatives, but unfortunately, the way that, as, as Libby so well pointed out, I think, the way that the interests work in these cities is that it gives an extreme overweight to a particular um, section of progressives who are against all of these messages, whether it's crime, whether it's um, what Eric Adams is talking about here. Like, the, actually, the, the population of a lot of these cities is not quite as liberal as I think a lot of conservatives assume. Um, in some cities they are, but even in those cities, I mean, I come from the San Francisco Bay Area, right? Chesa Bowden was ousted, was was recalled over this issue of crime, right? So um, I, I do think, look, if you go back to the 90s, you have a lot of Democrats running um, on a tough on crime platform, on a faith friendly platform. Even if you go back and you listen to, to you know, speeches of Bill Clinton right back in the 90s, um, there, there's a lot of tough on crime rhetoric and there's a lot of God rhetoric in what he's saying. So there is this tradition in the Democratic Party, but it's very overwhelmed in recent decades by this woke um, sort of AOC rising faction. Uh, and, and I think that that's probably the direction of the Democratic Party writ large, but that doesn't mean that on the urban or, or municipal level, that there won't be some pushback because I just I don't think Democrats can continue to support this soft on crime message. I think it is hurting them at the polls. I think they know at least the smarter of them know that it is hurting them. Libby, uh, let's switch gears a little bit here because I saw this and it was well, it was really sad. And it's an article about sadness. The numbers are out there. Teenage girls are sadder than they've ever been. 2011, 36% of teenage girls were bummed out. Now it's 57%. Look, the numbers, I've seen the numbers for young men out there too. The young men are also struggling with this sadness, listless feeling of depression. I realize this could be a 10 hour long answer with both of you, but I'm gonna give you both a chance to answer it. Libby, why? Um, I think there are probably a number of factors that go into this, but we can't discount the fact that kids are not being taught how to actually do anything, right? We teach kids about their social and emotional well-being. We teach them all of this nonsense, and we don't give them any skills. We don't teach them to dive into their talents. We tell them that their skin color is, you know, innately tells them things and 
tell society things about themselves. We tell them that their genders are swappable. Uh, we put them on social media. They put themselves on social media and they're all criticized and criticize each other. Friendships are not forged in real life. They're forged online. And in so many cases, those are false friendships. So it's really, you know, sad for this. If I had a teenage girl, I would tell her what I told my son, which is go outside and play, go use your imagination, put the phone down, get some books, figure out how to do things, figure out how to make things. Confidence comes from ability and skill, uh, not from just being told that you're fine. That is true. And hardship. Confidence comes from hardship. You cannot helicopter your parent or your child into being a confident human being. It doesn't work that way. And that is why are people sad? Yeah, I, I agree with everything that Libby said. I'd only add two points. One, there's a big political divide in this. So actually, generally, girls are struggling with this more than boys are. But it, there's literally such a large gap between those who identify as liberal and those who identify as conservative that conservative girls are still having fewer uh, troubles than liberal boys, right? So there is something to, uh, ideological to this. There is something about the left-wing worldview that is really depressing. Um, and and uh, the only other point I'd add to what Libby said is, you know, we, we have this conception of, of depression as a, a, path, like a, a physical pathology. And in some limited number of cases, that may be true, although the most recent research um, on SSRIs and, and on this chemical theory of depression are showing that it's not replic replicable, that we actually can't say that this is a chemical imbalance in the brain. I think therapeutic sort of answers have taken the place of either theological, metaphysical, philosophical answers to questions about the human condition. And, and of course, being online has made all of this worse. There is a clear connection with uptick um, uh, in terms of, of uh, adolescents having more anxiety, reporting more anxiety, more, more depression um, since the advent of the iPhone in 2007. There's like a very sharp uptick. So having that in your pocket all the time clearly is detrimental to the mental health of, of young people. And as Libby, thank you, ladies. I appreciate you. Thank you. Thanks. All right. Do you know, have I ever told you that I have the dumbest dog on the planet? And I love him. I do. I love him. But do you know that my dog, to this day, I think he's three now, if anyone goes into the bathroom, anybody, and closes the door, he will lay right outside of the door and, like, sob. He'll just sit and whimper until the person comes back out. He knows, after as, having seen it for a lifetime, that they're going to go in, and in a couple minutes, they'll come right back out. Yet, none of this goes into his brain. He thinks, this is the time they've left me forever. He's an idiot. But I do love him. That's why we give him rough greens every day. We pour it on his breakfast every single morning. Dog food is dead food, as they say at Rough Greens. It's so true. There's no actual nutrition in your dog's food. They have to kill everything. Otherwise, it would go bad really fast. Rough Greens gives your puppy, your dog, the digestive enzymes, vitamins, minerals, all natural stuff. Gives your dog the nutrition he needs to keep going for a long time. They have a free Jumpstart trial bag right now. A free bag. All you do is pay for shipping. Go to roughgreens.com slash jesse and get yours today, all right? We'll be back. All right, time to lighten the mood. 
And we are actually, you and I, we're going to take some health advice from the commander-in-chief. Well, some health inspiration from the commander-in-chief. You didn't think Joe Biden could inspire you to become healthier, did you? Well, he did. He did it yesterday. Before we show you that, let me tell you this. That timeshare you think you're stuck in, you're not actually stuck in it. You're not. I know how this goes. I've heard this year after year after year. I've heard, oh, Jesse, I, I called him. I told him, hey, I, I don't use it anymore. Can I get out? And they tell you, no, no, sorry, you can't. Well, I want out. And they tell you what? What did they tell you? They told you, no, read the contract again. They probably even gave you the paragraph, the section of the contract. No, look at page 10, paragraph E. You're in for life. Lone Star Transfers heard all this. They've dealt with all this before. And yet 99% of the time when people call Lone Star Transfer, they get out. You're one phone call away from freedom. You know that? 844-310-2646. All right? 844-310-2646. You're not stuck. Now, as far as getting healthier goes, we've already talked about eating better and working out more and all these things. I, I think I'm going to go get a physical. I haven't had a physical in a while. I don't like the doctor's office. I actually don't trust most doctors now. But after hearing about Joe Biden's physical, I'm inspired. And I had a nurse named Pearl Nelson, military. She'd come in and do things that I don't think you learn in medical school, nursing school. She'd whisper in my ear. I didn't, couldn't understand her. She'd whisper. She'd lean down. He'd actually breathe on me to make sure that I was a, there was a connection, a human connection. She even went home and brought back her pillow from her own bed because he didn't knew the one I had the one comfortable. But I'm not joking. Pearl sounds awesome. I'll see you tomorrow. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., we dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.